Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 517. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to take a listener question who sent me an email and asked about buying a home. She said, hi, Linda, I've been listening to your podcast and learning a lot and also just got the book. Thanks for sharing your tips and insight. One question I had for you. Should single millennials seriously consider buying a home? I am 30 years old, active duty, and single. I want to buy a home as a primary residence. I have been renting the last two years and possibly start an Airbnb, but I'm fearful that I would have to sell more quickly than I'd like if I got stationed somewhere else or moved to another city or got married. Any strategies that you can provide to think through this situation? Thanks. Becca from DC. Well, Becca, thank you for the question. I think it's very insightful and I think it's really exciting that you're looking at buying real estate. I was a single woman when I bought my first real estate. It was a condo in Bellevue, Washington. And I really enjoyed having that property. I made a great investment. It was a good thing all the way around to have that. So I'm very pro buying real estate, but it's not because I think we're in some sort of a big real estate boom. I think those days are behind us, but I still think there are tremendous benefits to buying real estate. One of them is the ability to rent it out as an Airbnb. I think rentals for Airbnb are going to be a huge trend in the future. I think they are already, but they're going to get even bigger. As more and more people do it, I think it's going to be something that just about everybody does with their real estate in the future. And I think Airbnb is a great way to have a short-term rental opportunity on your property. Another benefit of buying real estate that I've talked about in the past is the forced savings. Because you typically buy real estate with a mortgage and you are incurring some debt, which is not a bad thing, debt use for the right purposes is very smart and actually increases your rate of return. Having a mortgage on your real estate provides you a forced savings account. That means if you borrow $300,000 as a mortgage, for 30 years, that at the end of 30 years, you're going to have $300,000 in equity and that loan paid off that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So I love the forced savings aspect of having a mortgage. I've also shown you how to pay that mortgage off with less interest and faster so that you can save thousands of dollars. And I do recommend that people do that. Now, having said that, In the last podcast I did, we talked about the real estate being softer than it's been in three years. And I do think that we are going to see that continue. But nonetheless, let's just take where we know that we are right now. We know that interest rates are paused in terms of being escalated by the Fed. We know that they're going to wait until May to take a look at raising interest rates again. We know that 
prices are softening a little bit. We know that the number of homes selling is down 6% from the fourth quarter, and that's the weakest that has been since 2015. So if you're considering buying a house, the one thing I would say to you is don't buy it thinking that you're going to have huge price appreciation that was had over the last 18 years. That's looking in the rearview mirror, and it happened for a lot of different reasons. Foreign buyers coming in, very low interest rates, interest rates near zero. Those are not the same circumstances that we have today. So we can't expect huge price appreciation. But what you can do is provide your own price appreciation by buying a house smart. And when I say buying a house smart, I mean buy it with some equity in it. And how you do that is to buy a fixer-upper. So one of the easiest ways to make a good investment in real estate is to buy a fixer-upper. Now there are cosmetic fixer-uppers, which just means you need some paint and some carpet and some light cosmetic things or there are the heavy duty fixer uppers where you have to redo the whole kitchen and all of the bathrooms, and that can be a much bigger price tag. We've all seen these shows on television. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you can buy something that's outdated and then fix it up to modern standards. It's also a way that you can protect some risk because if prices do drop from where they are today, if we do get more supply on the market, that could cause prices to come down. And if we do see that, then this gives you a bit of a cushion because you've got some forced equity in the property because you bought it under market value and you were able to fix it up cheaper than if you bought something already fixed up and we're paying top dollar for that. I always recommend if you're looking at buying real estate, don't buy it for a year or two. So if you were thinking of buying it for a couple years and then if you had to move, thinking of selling and buying real estate somewhere else, I think that's a bad move. And it's particularly risky in this kind of environment where things are softening. What you wanna do is buy real estate with the idea of keeping it for at least 10 years. Now, what you can do is you can look in the market that you're in, you can try to find some undervalued homes, some homes that need fixing up that possibly you could do or hire people to do. And think about keeping that as a long-term rental property if you were transferred. So what that means is that you would study the cash flow that's available. You would study what you could rent the property out for. One thing that I really like to do is to act as if I'm ready to purchase before I'm ready to purchase. So that means talking to realtors, going to open houses, reading want ads in re on real estate, going and doing all my research on real estate, even though I'm not ready to buy yet, but getting educated on the market. Finding out what actual rental prices are could help you because if you bought a home and you lived in it for a couple years now and then got transferred or were on active duty away, you could rent that out on a long-term lease basis and not just as an Airbnb. It would be a different kind of rental. A long-term rental would mean you wouldn't have to have all the turnover of people there. You'd have somebody in there, hopefully for a year or two, or maybe even longer. And you could just raise their rent a little bit each year. 
And as long as you had a positive cash flow situation, it could be a win-win for both of you. You get a nice tax deduction as a rental. You get to have ca free cash flow from these renters. You're having them pay off your mortgage. You get a lot of benefits from that. And yes, if you were in another city, it might mean that you'd have to rent in the other city until you could save up enough for a down payment on another house. The other option you have is simply waiting and saving up a lot more right now and continuing to rent, but saving up as much as you can for a down payment so that maybe if you are ready in a couple years to buy, perhaps prices might be more attractive, you might have more of a down payment. The risk with that is interest rates might be higher, but there's no guarantee of that. But it is something to consider that you might have to be dealing with a little bit higher interest rate at that time, but it's another option for you to consider. I don't think there's a rush to buy. I think time is on your side, and as the market is weakening, that's going to give buyers more power than the sellers. It's been a seller's market for years because there's been a housing shortage, but now that more supply is happening and as more supply continues to come on the market and as the time on the market lengthens, that gives the buyer more power. So we'll see how that turns out and if that trend continues. But expect to see in the spring the highest prices that I think we'll see this year. So if you were going to buy, the best times to buy are in the wintertime, right around the holidays, before the holidays or after the holidays, usually is the best time to buy or any time that it's out of season. For example, here in the desert, a good time to buy is during the very hot summer because fewer people are here shopping for homes and you have houses sitting on the market longer. So think about either buying at a seasonally good time or think about buying a fixer-upper that you can buy cheaper and get some forced equity in there or think about waiting and buying as you continue to accumulate a nice comfortable down payment and get yourself familiar with the market with rental rates and what you can get on rentals what the best neighborhoods for your rentals are talk to real estate agents and find out what neighborhoods provide the best rentals often it's connected to where the best schools are so you might want to shop around and be looking for rentals in good neighborhoods so do your homework Educate yourself before you buy. Don't feel that you have to rush in and make any rush judgments. Time is on your side and the trend is actually in your favor right now. So just be aware, we'll probably get a little blip up in sales and prices in the spring as we always do. But other than that, I think we're going to continue to have some of the same issues that we've had the last couple of years, rising interest rates, more supply and a softening of this cycle. Great question, Becca. Thank you for bringing it up. And I hope that helped you out. In the Wealth Heiress book, I did talk about what happens in a softening real estate market or even a real estate crash. And I gave lots of examples about what you can do if you're upside down in your real estate. That means you owe more than your house is worth. I give 
several examples in there of people that have made smart decisions that got themselves out of a real pickle, a real mess. So there is some good real estate advice in the book, as well as other stock investing, mindset, and all of the things that we talk about on the podcast. Some people have called the Wealth Heiress book the podcast on steroids, which cracks me up, but I kind of like that. Anyway, it's back in stock on Amazon. You can get it there. And also for our international buyers, it's on amazon.uk. If you haven't connected with me yet on Instagram, get your daily wealth tips to financial freedom at instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones. And our contest is back on for book and podcast reviews. Until March 31st, you have the ability to win up to 25 prizes. 11 are my Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audios valued at $197. 11 of my Wealth Heiress books personalized by me, however you like. And three 30-minute sessions with me valued at $500. All you have to do is leave a podcast review to get your name in the drawing five times, a book review to get your name in the drawing seven times, and if you do both, your name goes in the hat 10 times. And if you've already left a book or podcast review, I'm keeping your name in the drawings and adding these to them so you still have an opportunity to win as well. And I have a short 10 question survey that'll take you about three minutes to fill out asking if you'd like a Facebook group for us, a free Facebook group, if you'd like me to talk about certain topics on the podcast, giving some feedback about what you like, what you don't like, so that I can tailor make podcasts for you. So I need at least 100 people to fill out the surveys to get a good survey. So please just take a few minutes and answer a few questions and give me your opinion. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.
people have the purpose of a Facebook group would be a free place for people in our community to meet, to talk about putting things they've learned on the podcast and the book into practice, sharing thoughts with each other. Uh, it would just be your community of sharing thoughts with each other. It's not something... It's really just a community for you to get to know each other and to communicate, share, get to know each other, talk about what you're learning here, talk, encourage each other to put it into practice. It's your group. It wouldn't be... Anyway, whatever. <laughs>